While you remain standing, turn to the book of Malachi, please. The book of Malachi. Malachi chapter number 3. Last book in the Old Testament. Malachi chapter number 3. Once you've located Malachi chapter number 3, find verse number 10 and we'll pick up our reading there. I'll read out loud. You follow along with me silently. Malachi chapter number 3 starting in verse number 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Verse 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Father, thank you for the Bible. Help us, please, to have a better understanding about these things that we have been trying to learn on these Thursday nights. God, please, let not our flesh get the victory in these areas, but help us that we would mind what the Word of God and the Spirit of God would lead us to know is true. Thank you for this time. Watch over the kids downstairs, those that are working with them, and ask you to please be in the service tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. By the way... Um, Brother Peter's brother here, saying, is here, and uh, so glad to have you here for a couple of days, and then going to Delaware, and then uh, get us on the rebound. Maybe. Okay, good to have you here. By the way, Brother Pledger is in Texas. Uh, he'll be down there for a couple of weeks, and uh, got to preach there. What what I say? Are we clapping because Brother Pledger's in Texas? Uh, but uh, he preached there last night, I guess, and uh, so he's, he's down there visiting with the family and doing things down there. So pray for him that he'll get back here safely. Uh, Malachi chapter number 3, verse number 10 and 11. I want to talk to you tonight about the devourer and divine protection. Um, only because I know what charismatics teach, when you first hear this stuff, you think to yourself, what? Divine protection? He's after our money. I don't need your money. God needs you. He doesn't need your money. It just so happens, I'll say it again, that most of us, our true devotion and emotion and work seems to be tied somehow to material things and money. You say, I'm not sure that's true. God said it was, and he talks about money more than he does heaven or hell money and material things, and so the Bible talks about a great deal about that. So it's very important to God, not to be very important to us. So I want to talk to you about that tonight. What is the devourer? We read about this in verse number 11. It talks about, I will rebuke the devourer. The Bible describes the devourer in these ways. A consuming fire, a slayer with a sword, the destroyer of material things, an oppressor of man's spirit. Now, let me help you understand something. We may call it inflation, accidents, or just the way things go. Preacher, that's just the way things go. We hesitate to say the devourer because it sounds odd, weird, right? And yet the Bible talks about that. God's word says there is a devourer. 
whatever that is, whoever that is, that affects us all and is after us and what we possess. Is after us and what we possess. Now listen, that ought to get your attention right there. Let's talk about finances, for example. In finances, if I see receive a pay raise, my transmission goes out. Hot water tank, call it whatever you want to. I get a bonus. The IRS said you made a mistake on your forms and you owe us money. There goes my bonus. Just like that. It's just like something devoured it. I inherit money and I get hit with unexpected medical bills. And again, it just seems to be gobbled right up. It seems as though something just keeps taking stuff from me all the time and I can't get ahead. Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you're looking. Now, there's a lot of other reasons, but this could be a major reason. In finances, how about material things? Let me see. You just got a new suit, and you got a big stain on it, or you turned the corner, something grabbed it, and ripped it. you got to be kidding me. Now I've got to invest more money to get my new suit fixed that I just got. I inherit some money. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I buy a new car. It gets dented. Hello, right? This is why I park way out in the parking lot. You go with me. We're walking. So I park well, or it gets scratched, right? Something like that happens, or it gets hit by hail. I don't, I don't mean that one. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Not only do things seem to not last, they, it seems as though something is devouring my stuff. Now stop and think about it. Now I know you wrote it off as an accident. You wrote it off as, well, that's just the way things go. Really? I don't read in the Bible where it says that's the way things go but I do read about a devourer. I don't read where you know how things happen sometimes. I don't read that. I read there's a devourer, and there's a reason why some people can never seem to get ahead. There's a lot of reasons, but this is a major one right here. How about a spirit? No matter how much you get, you're just not happy. It just doesn't last. As though you no more than get a smile and something going your way, and it doesn't last very long. Almost like an oppressive spirit just seems to be on you and taking your joy right away. No matter how your health is, you just, you're worn out all the time. Worn out all the time, can't seem to get enough energy, always down in the dumps. Your attitude, by the way, is your spirit. When the Bible says that his spirit bears witness with my spirit, your spirit, you have a your body, soul, and spirit. But the spirit of a man is who God or what God talks to. Therefore, the Bible talks about when we end up having a bad spirit, a bad attitude, we have lost our connection with God. God can't talk to us. That's why we said in church, preaching's going on to forgive and get right, but you're just not getting. You know why? There's no connection between you and God because you have a bad spirit. You've heard people on, uh, on, on uh, uh, basketball courts or on football, that guy's got a bad attitude. Or they'll go like this, boy's a great spirit on that team, isn't it? One and the same, attitude and spirit. God cannot talk to us when we're all wrapped up in a bad spirit. God will not, he can't, we're not allowing him to do that. So we find out here, it is an oppressive spirit devouring what God's trying to give to you. But there's a problem here. Go, you know where Haggai is? Go to Haggai, chapter number one. Go back a couple of books, you'll run right into it. Back there somewhere. There he is, right there, little bitty book. Haggai chapter number one. Look at verse number six. 
What am I talking about here? Watch this very carefully. Ready? Are you there? Okay, go to the front of your book. It says all the Old Testament books. Find out what page is on. Get there. Come on, you got to see this. So turn in there. We're not here to act like we know it and don't. We're here to learn. So, okay. Haggai, chapter number one, verse number six. Ye have sown much and bring in little. Wait a minute. What about sowing and reaping? I sowed much. I should be getting much, right? Hold on. You sow much and you bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. Understand, you have sown, you have eaten, ye drink, but you are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, so you're doing all the right things, but it's not fulfilled. It's not coming about. It's not doing what you're expecting it to do, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into bags with holes. Well, that ain't going to do you any good. Well, I earned a lot this week and put it in a bag that has holes in it. That's not good. So I'm doing all the right things, but it's just not producing anything. Something's going on. Seems as though no matter what I do, it's just being devoured. It's just being taken away. It's, it's depressing. It's, it's, it's hurting my finances. It's taking and, and injuring my material things that I was hoping would last me longer, but it's not. What brings this on? So we have the devourer here, but I want you to look. go back to Malachi. Malachi chapter number 10 and 11. Look at the divine protector. So you have you have here you have a you you have the devourer, but then you have the divine protector. And look in verse number ten and eleven once again. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. Prove me now. Prove me. Put me to the test. <clears throat> Try me if you would. Now herewith saith the Lord of hosts. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> If I will not open you the windows of heaven. Now, hold on, hold on. The windows of heaven being opened is conditioned on your tithes and offerings. If I read that right. If not, please come up here and explain to people what it's really saying. Okay, now. So, and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive. Now, wait a minute. I just read where I gave and I didn't get anything returned. I sowed, and I didn't get hardly anything back. I ate, but I wasn't filled. I earned money, but I put it in bags with holes. Wait a minute. This one says that they will not, God will open up the windows of heaven, and I won't be able to contain all. I'll have enough to even to help other people and give away. By the way, windows of heaven open doesn't mean it's just for you. The reason that you have this is because you're handling things right and proper. But look at verse number 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Watch what he's saying. Understand the Bible does not say God will stop the devourer. We live in a world where it's going to happen. He's after everything. The devil, one of his uh, names or titles is Lord of the Flies. And uh, that is stating that flies hang around corroded, putrid, filthy devoured stuff that nobody wants anymore. And the same thing here when it talks about the devourer in this world because this the God of this age is the devil. He is going to try to devour and get his hands on everything. It doesn't make any difference what it is, but especially the things of God and the things God has blessed you with. So I'm going to need all the help I can get. I need some divine protection. You're not protected from everything. Get over it. I don't care if you're charismatic or not. It doesn't work that way. But he said, I will rebuke the devourer. He didn't say, I'll keep him away. He said, I will rebuke him. All people have bad things happen to them. No one in this world is immune from the devourer touching their life. All of us. If you stop and think about it, 
how come you just got your car and that guy next to you just, I was sitting at Burger King years ago. I had a 1979 Dodge Charger 318, silver gray, black vinyl top, black interior, three speed. You want me to go on? It's a beautiful car. First new car I ever had in my entire life. I pulled into a, I think it was a McDonald's or a Wendy's, and there was this car next to me. And this is where I learned this. That's why I don't park there. While I'm sitting there, this girl opens the door and takes her foot and pushes the car door open. I'm almost having a heart. <laughs> why did you do that? you got to be kidding me. I just got the thing. You had to do that right off the bat? Why? Now, bad things do happen to all people sooner or later. But there is a devourer, God said so, that happens. And he says, if you'd like for me to rebuke that devourer, I can't keep away. I'm not going to keep away all the time. It happens to everybody. But when you do what's right with your tithes and offerings, I will rebuke him when he wants to get at you at certain times. I just tell him, no, 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 you're not going to do that. So what happens here is simply this. God, God says, how would you like it if I personally told what devours people's stuff? That's enough. Back off. Not today. His tires are bald enough. They need to go a little longer. Leave them alone. Huh? You think I'm kidding? I could tell you stories about that right now. What would you do if the Lord basically took that oppressive spirit and just told him, sit down. Don't bother him today. Wouldn't that be nice? In a world where everybody faces these kinds of things, wouldn't it be nice to know you have some kind of protection against some kind? He said, I'll rebuke. He didn't say, I'll make him go away forever. <clears throat> so you have to understand what's going on here. And then he also says, I will do it for your sakes. I'm doing it because of what you did. This is what you did. This is what I will do. I will open the windows of heaven. That's not all I'm going to do. But I'm also going to tell the devourer, that's enough. Leave him alone. Not today. Back away. That needs to last longer. This is what the Lord will do. The Lord of hosts, please understand, he says a divine protector, the Lord of hosts. Anybody know anything about the names and titles of God? Anybody happen to know what Lord of hosts means? That's actually God's military title. Whenever you read in the Old Testament where he went into battle with Joshua and stuff like that, you'd always hear or see Lord of hosts. That's, that's his military title. So he's getting ready to go to battle. He's getting ready to go to war. So he said, saith the Lord of hosts. When the children of Israel went there, he, that was his name. God commands the armies of heaven. They are uh, ministers to us. And God tells them what to do and what not to do. They battle for us, for Christ's sake. You understand? And so there's this big war going on in the unseen world uh, that a lot of people don't realize. He is not saying he will destroy the devourer or stop him from ever happening, but it, but it, but will beat it back or 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 or, or uh, force it back or hold it back. God said, "I will do this. I will rebuke him." And when God speaks, things do what God says. So he said, "Lord of hosts, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes." Now, in context, he's talking about people who tithe and offer the way God said. God said, I'll not only open the windows of heaven, but he said, I'll also rebuke the devourer. The promise is to those who prove God. 
<coughs> by obeying what God said to do with your money and your material thing. Folks, look at me. I'm, I'm trying my best to teach you how God wants to bless you and what he uses to prove he can be trusted. We get real tight-lipped, tight-fisted, and stare. Like, okay, I'm not really listening to this because I'm not going to. I can't make ends meet the way it is. Okay, God said, look, you, you need my help. Right in front of me are the windows of heaven. I can open them for you. I can pour you out blessings. He didn't just say finance and money and material things. But he said this, the things that you already have and are handling right, I can tell the devourer, leave them alone today. Don't do that. You're not taking that. He's doing what's right with his funds, and I promised him that I would rebuke you and I would help him by opening the windows of heaven. This is not charismatic teaching. This is Bible teaching right now. The promise is to those who prove God by obeying and trusting what God says, specifically in the area of tithes and offerings. To the obedient God, I'm sorry, to the disobedient God-robbing non-tither, God just lets the devourer do what the devourer does. Devour. He just lets him go. He doesn't have to attack him, attack him. He wants to anyway. It's like, like in the Old Testament when the children of Israel were walking with God and doing what he says, nobody could really seem to get to him because God basically was protecting them. God did not tell their enemies, okay, attack them on this day. They didn't mind God. God just took his protection away. And they did what comes naturally and devoured Israel on all fronts at times because they would not walk with God. And God said, okay, as long as you're with me and doing what I said, I've got you. But when you said you don't need me and you're going to do your own thing, fine. I wish you wouldn't do that because you see all these people around you, they hate you and they're going to destroy you. Your hope is my protection. So with me, we together, we can do this. But you don't need me? Okay. You understand? And they got devoured over and over again. We read that in the Old Testament all the time. So we find out here, <coughs> excuse me, non-tithers, God just lets the devourer go. An example. Got a married man and uh, has three children <coughs> and a dog. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Got a dog. And uh, he makes $18 an hour. All of his bills are paid. Everything's been taken care of. His health is okay. Everything is fine. He's moving forward. Things are going pretty good in his life. He tithes. He gives offerings. He helps other people. Got another man. This man makes $30 an hour. He's married. Two kids, not three. Doesn't tithe. Offering can't ever seem to help anybody. Things are so tight with him financially, he can't hardly make ends meet. And every time he turns around, something else seems to be going wrong all the time. Do you know what he's not doing? He's not tithing, he's not offering. That which God blessed him with and gave him was a time of trial to see what you would do for your master with what he gave you. That is not your stuff. That is God's stuff. And God said, this is a test. Prove me. I told you to prove me, and I will prove myself to you. I will open the windows of heaven, and and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. So we find out here one man decides, I'm not making enough, so I'm going to withhold. Bad decision. One of the worst things you can do when you're in trouble is to not trust God anymore. If there's any anything you need to do is to prove God, God, I trust you no matter what. 
I, I don't care if I go down with the ship. I'm trusting you no matter what. Now, the worst thing you can do is when you're having trouble is turn your back on God and not doing what you already know is right to do. And claiming to be ignorant is not going to work. This is the area of tithes and offerings. One family has divine protection from the devourer, and God simply backed away and let the devourer do what the devourer does. It happens in the world all the time. If you look at it this way, you'll see it everywhere how it takes place. What is the devourer? He devours our finances, our material things, and our spirit. Folks, you can sit in the middle of a great church like this one right here, and the world has devoured you down to nothing. What happened? Can I ask you a question? Now, there's a lot of reasons for this, but one of them, in this case, did you seriously, did you tithe off of everything that God prospered you with? Do you still try to figure out how to break that nickel in half because that your tithe is only two and a half cents? Five dollars and two and a half, do you still do that? Why? God can't be trusted? I mean, what happens if you gave him the whole nickel? What would happen then? Oh, God forbid that I should show him I really trust him because that's my stuff. Okay. I have somebody who said, I can open the windows. I, I live there. I can open the windows of heaven. I know what I'm doing. I know where the window is, and I know what I'm doing. And I can do that for your sakes if you try me. Put me to the test in this particular area and see if it's not true. If you don't, devourer will do what the devourer does. If you do, he's never going to stop, but I'll rebuke him for your sakes. That's what you have to understand. So the divine protector is the Lord of hosts. That's his military name. So he's doing battle. He's standing for us. He's saying, that's enough. Back away. Angels, take care of that for him. By the way, this whole thing about I must have angels on every bumper because I'm doing 150 mile an hour down the freeway. No, you are breaking the law and you're probably going to kill somebody. Had nothing to do with angels protecting you. You disobeyed God. Okay, there you go. So, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Number three, who do you trust to provide and protect you? Oh, you don't have to answer. What you do tells everybody. You understand? For example, you and God in the armies of heaven, or you? Which do you trust the most? You, God, armies of heaven, or you? One sounds a little anemic. Don't you think so? Who do you trust the most to protect you? You, God, the armies of heaven, or your money you make? I'm just, I don't know. I'm just asking. Who do you trust to provide and protect you? You, God, the armies of heaven, or your strength and your ability that God gave you? Everything you have is God. Get that in your head and let it work. Acknowledge that. Let it be in your heart. That belongs to God. No, that's the Lord's. If that's what God wants, fine with me. Once you do that and quit fussing with things, you'll find out things seem to last a little longer. No matter what you may or may not have, it didn't affect your spirit at all. I tell people this all the time. My wife, she's in the nursery. I thought she was a little old to be down there, but whatever. 
And uh, we've said oftentimes that even when we ran into financial problems, which the first 20, 25 years or so of our married life, that's just the way that it was, had no effect on our spirit. It wasn't like, how can we go to church? We don't have any money. We, we didn't do that stuff. It had no effect on us whatsoever because no matter how little or how much we made, we tithed and gave an offering of it, and God kept his promise and said, I'll open up the windows. Even I will rebuke the devourer. I can tell you bald tires that last way beyond what they should. Now, today, they've curved that. You can't get tires rotated. First thing they'll do is uh, check the depth of the tread and say, we can't do it for you. So they, they're going to get you, okay? Now, back in the day, yeah, them tires could go. I mean, you could see air rolling around inside of them. It's fine. We're going to be all right. It's, it's like you say, well, I had no choice. Well, that may be true. But one rock would have destroyed that whole thing. And now you just went back and forth to work, didn't you? The devourer. The devouring spirit wants to depress you. Wants to. One of the things that it does is to depress our spirit. Oppress us. Push us down. Not allow the things to last very long. To worry you. To grieve you. Folks, do you, you do understand we serve the almighty God. Okay? Not the, is it okay if I have this or not do that? We serve the almighty God who daily loadeth us with benefits. You understand that? <coughs> Excuse me. If we started bragging on our father more, maybe he would do more. Glorifying God is a great way to, no, you don't do that. You go to your father. Now, when we were little, we always got my little sister to do this because my dad always liked her. Okay, He didn't care much for the rest of us. But we'd say, hey, go to dad. You know how you do. We're prompting her. Go to dad and ask him if we can have some cookies. So my little sister would go in, and sure enough, guess what we got? Cookies. I go in and say, get out of here. You don't need that. You're too fat the way it is. And uh, But that you understand? So when you go to God and brag on the Lord, what do you think hallowed be thy name? What do you think praising the Lord is all about? It's simply lifting him up to a level that God's saying, that is, I like that. Boy, that, that's true. Yeah, I like that. That's nice of you to say that. And God likes to be bragged on. God likes to be bragged on. What would you do if your kids only come to you and complain? You say, I didn't mean to talk about that, but you're right. So, are you sure you do not need God's help? Are you sure? If you do, don't worry about it. You make it on your own, great. I wonder what would happen, even if you're making it on your own, if you'd actually tithe off of everything that prospered you. Understand, I didn't say work for it. No place in the Bible does say you only have to tithe off of what you work for. It said, as God has prospered you. So you get checked back from your work and say, I, I didn't even know I had that. God prospered you, right? Your insurance said you overpaid. Oh, good, that's my money. God prospered you. You said, but I didn't work for it. God prospered you. And you are to lay aside as God has prospered you upon the first day of the week. That would be Sunday. Every week. You don't wait until you get enough you think you can put in an envelope. Okay? So, if you do not tithe and give offerings as God instructed, number one, you have no promise that the windows of heaven will be open. Just forget that part. You say, well, God's really blessed my life. Remember when I taught on faith that a lot of times when we first started off, we didn't know anything, we trusted God. That was living by faith. The just shall live by faith. But what we used to trust God for is now a part of our life. You say, I trust God for everything. Really? 
you took your money and went down and bought groceries. You didn't even pray about it. You just did it, right? You needed gas. You didn't pray about it. But back when you were broke and couldn't hardly even get to church, you'd pray, God, I need gas. I want to be at church so much. And somehow God allowed you to learn how to do that. And you were living and trusting God by faith. Now what you used to trust God by faith is just a part of your life. It's like giving your money. Honey, did we pay tithes? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we did. Oh, living by faith? You weren't even thinking about it. You just tossed it in there. Why? Because that's what you've done for decades. And so living by faith, trusting God again by what he says, God, I'm going to prove you. He said, good, about time somebody took me up on that. I want to show you what I can do for you. I will open the windows. He didn't say all the way open. I don't know what that means. I'll open. Now, I don't know. Maybe it's all the way. I don't know that either. He simply said, I'll open the window. So it sounds to me like they're closed until you prove God in this matter of tithes and offerings, right? Okay. The next thing he said, I will rebuke it. This is my military name. Saith the Lord of hosts, I'm ready to do battle for you. I'm ready to step up to the plate and take it on the chin, if you would, for you, for your sakes. I can do that for you. Hey, you have no promise if you do not tithe the give offering. God may, may bless you with some things, but you have no promise in here for the windows of heaven to be open. You have no promise of more blessings. <coughs> Survive on what you got. You're doing okay by yourself? All right. Wonder what would happen if you really trusted God. You ever think about that? Oh, preacher, we're doing okay. Wonder what would happen. You know, we often pray and thank God for uh, his blessings. And we thank God for not allowing this or this to happen. I wonder how many things almost happened that we don't even know anything about that God didn't let happen. You ever notice when you're driving down a road that just about a foot and a half away from you is a car coming at you at the same speed you're coming at it? Just forgetting. And they'll be in your lane. Down here on Demarest Road, I came around the corner and this car started putting on his brakes. And I thought, what in the world? Another old person on the road. What are they doing? Uh, anyhow, you do. And uh, I thought of Brother Usher. And, uh, and I look and there was a fire engine up there and a couple police cars and people were slowing down. I thought, what is going on? I'm looking back and forth way over in a person's front yard almost by their door. And I mean, this car was mangled. I mean, the whole front end was just smashed in and twisted and there were pieces laying everywhere. It tore down a fence and went almost up to the guy's front door. Accident? Could be a lot of reasons. What if it was a Christian who said, I don't believe that, and you, I don't have to give my money away. That's all you Christians want is money. I don't know. I wonder if something like that happens. You, you know what we normally do. God, I know you've been talking to me about, we know, don't we? We know when an emergency happens, when something real serious happens, we know if it's us. So, have you, you, you have no promise of God rebuking the devourer if you do not tie the give offering. He said, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. I will keep him away from you this time, that time, this time, for now. I will do that for you because you wanted to prove me and I told you here's what I would do in return for you proving me. Now, I want you to understand something. I am not, my, my life and my example is not in the Bible. 
but I have proven God in my life over and over again. I could tell you, I could tell you many, many stories, especially in this financial material area, what I did, and I'm still here. And I'm doing better than I've ever done before in my life. I had to learn early. Couldn't you just see you had a preacher that wouldn't trust God? There's no way I could preach this message if I were not do if I had not proven God in this area. How, how would you preach this? You're preaching through the Bible and you run into this. Uh, folks, I'm not sure what this is really talking about, and uh, so let's go on to Matthew. What would you do? Could you teach this? Could you tell people how this actually worked in your life, how you proved God, how God kept his word? At least in those two areas, I opened up the windows of heaven. You were already doing what was right. And I also, there are t- I, I will almost guarantee you, there are times when God rebuked the devourer and we weren't even aware of it. When you obey God with your money and material wealth, you are saying, God, I trust you anything and everything. So, oh, I do. Are you tithing this week? You got that extra bonus or somebody just stopped by and sent you money in the mail. It's Christmas time. You open it up and there it was. Oh, but you didn't work for that. Still making that excuse, aren't you? Well, it doesn't say that in the Bible anyway. As God prospered you. God prospered you. You think if you give to God, it stops? And God would prosper. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give unto you. I could tell you stories about men who couldn't figure out why they got the position at work when there are other people ahead of them. I told them right off the bat. I said, I know exactly why. You weren't there as long as them. You might not even know what they did, but God put you there because of that verse right there. They were givers. They tried their best to give. They gave of their talent, their ability, their money. They did everything they could to help other people, and God simply moved them, opened the windows, and moved them ahead of the class. God loves his children and loves to do good things for his children. So the conclusion would be this. You may be saying, I don't know. I, I, it just doesn't make sense. You don't obey God because it makes sense. You obey God because God said obey. That's what you need to do. We do not obey God once it makes sense or once you see it clearly. We obey God because God's word instructs us what to do. And when we do it, we're showing God we trust him. Believing it is not faith. It's just I believe it. Doing it proves you trust God. That is faith. Faith without works is dead being alone. I believe this. Good. Then if you really did, you would do this. And when you put those together, it brings forth the evidence that the Bible talks about there in Hebrews. Doing this demonstrates to God, just think about this. God, I could use this, but this isn't mine. I'm giving it to your will. Can you imagine how God looks at that? Well, it wasn't much. Neither was the wood of two mites. And God took all the disciples and said, come here, fellas, watch watch this lady right here. Watch what she gives. They used to have pots out in front of the temple. 
and people go by and put their money in these different pots. And Jesus said, I want you to watch how people give. Boy, that put pressure on you, wouldn't it? should have been he watched the whole thing he said you see those fellows they they gave of their abundance because they could they had it to give and they should give it but this is what I want you to see see that woman right there she gave more than all of them what she put in two mites that's all she had that was everything she had a widow woman gave all she had what ever happened to the true sacrifice. Some of you still do it, to be honest with you, but I remember years ago, we were on the other side of town. I told you this story before. I could tell you lots of, actually, my wife and I, we were trying to build a building. I had forgotten that I had like 740 some dollars or something in U.S. saving card. Now, back in that day, that was quite a bit of money. I'm talking about 50 I said, I'm going to cash them in and give it to church. My wife, of her own accord, I just bought her a blank. And she said, honey, would it be okay with you if I give this back and get the money and give back to the church? Now, here's where reasoning steps in. What? Why, why would you do that? I just got that for you. We needed the money. I probably bought a rig I shouldn't have bought. Still barely making ends meet. No, I'm not. Feeling real well. Able to help other people. Just like God said. Why? Because I proved to God I trust you. And God said, good, you proved me. Watch me prove myself. I will do this for you and I will do that for you. And absolutely God, according to his word. You see, I am proving God in my life. How about you? What would you tell people? How would you tell them you prove God in your life? Well, we had groceries. We had groceries in the house every week. Some of you didn't even have to buy them. Government gave them to you. So that whole thing about I trust God for food. No, you don't. You work for it. You pay for it. You didn't thank God. You didn't pay attention to that. The same thing many times with our own tithes and offerings. We don't even think about it. We don't thank God about it. We don't say, I wish I could do more. God, here, this is something extra. We just put it in the plate and let it go on by. Where's the faith? Where's the proving God still in our life like we did when we first got saved? Do you see your need of divine protection? No? Okay. I do. I'm doing pretty good, and I still see the need for that. I still want God's... Why? Because there's a lot of people I want to help. There's a lot of things I still want to do. So I still need that. And I could use a little... Um, my furnace needs to last the rest of the winter, you know. You know, they put these... these uh, 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 ex- existence of a... Warning, okay. And what they did, they've already tested this to the nth degree. And they'll tell you it's good for the lifetime of the furnace. You thought lifetime meant all of your life. <laughs> no, lifetime, right? Till it's dead. Well, they've already done the research and said, no, lifetime of the furnace is like six years. Hot water tank, 10 years. 
And sure enough, it all hits at the same time. You ever notice that? And you think to yourself, now listen to me, it may still happen if you do this. This is not a guarantee from all problems. God is simply saying, I can help you. You show me you trust me, I can help you. I need his help. I want his help. Even though I'm making ends meet and able to help others, I'd like to do more of that to help other people, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you like to start helping other people instead of people helping you all the time? By the way, nothing wrong with that. If you need help, you need help. That's just the way that it is. But my prayer has always been, God, I wish I could get to the place to where I could start helping other people. I couldn't believe it when people said, more blessed to give than receive. I thought, I think you got that backwards. More blessed to receive than to give, isn't it? We used to have on the other side of town, we had a, a, a we call it the old ladies' home. And uh, they're probably in their 50s or something now. And uh, we'd go down there, and the Catholics would come in and take them for all their money. they played bingo until the ladies didn't have any money left. And then my preacher and some of us would go down there. We'd preach to them and stuff, take up an offering. They'd say, we don't have any money. They gave it all to the Catholics for bingo. But they used to say all the time, he tried his best to teach them. Now, ladies, listen to me. It's more blessed to, and they'd say, receive than give. And no matter what he said, they would never get that right. They would always say, it's better to receive than give. He goes, no, 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 it's better to give. And they just laughed. And no, no, it's better to receive than give. I think some Christians think that's cute. Not about what they said. It isn't. I, I, I finally figured that out. The joy of being able to genuinely help somebody, to give because you're able to, man, what a blessing that is. Now listen to me, if that's your heart, you remember when God does what God said he would do because you did what you said you would do, even if it's on a smaller level. One of these days, you may get that opportunity. You better keep your promise. God, please, if you'll just help me, I'll do anything. Really? Okay, God's giving you opportunities all around you to do things for others and for the work of Christ. I trust God. Amen. Father, thank you.